God bless you all. Thank you so much. Uh, killer job. It's going to be. It's going to be a great day. Uh, I've got a word for you. We're going to talk about mental wellness and uh, uh, in a serious matter. It's a serious word, uh, and I want you to just to, to know that ahead of time. Uh, you may not walk out with goosebumps, but hopefully you'll walk out with help, and that's the that's the whole idea uh, behind it. I'll give you some startling statistics. Um, uh, it, it's just it, one thing I want you to do ahead of time. Uh, you know, we were hacked. Our our Facebook account was hacked maybe a month or five, six weeks ago. So if you have uh, Facebook, I don't even know. I think it's Grace Church HKY. Is that our new Facebook? Does anybody know? I think that's what it is. Is it? Thank you, Della. So Grace Church HKY, Grace Church Hickory. If you have a Facebook account, if you'd like to go on, first of all, and like Grace Church Hickory, we would appreciate that. If you'd like to leave a nice comment, we'd appreciate that. And then if you want to share that with people, we would appreciate that because there's a lot of people in our viewing audience that have been kind of left out in the cold. Uh, my sister, for one, watches every Saturday morning, uh, I think 8 or 9 o'clock her time up in Omaha, and uh, she said, uh, Mark, I can't watch the show. I can, I can buy all the shirts. <laughs> and those shirts aren't ours, by the way. Don't buy any shirt. I mean, you can buy shirts, but that's not our material, and we can't guarantee any of the product. And so I said, oh, Terry, I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, it's, it was hacked. Here's the new account. I had Marcus send the link. So if you have the new link, if you'd like to share it, leave a good, uh, like if you have something bad to say, just come see me, and we can talk about it. But if you'd like to leave a good comment, a good review, if you'd like to hit like, and if you'd like to share it with all your friends, that will help us get Grace Church back out there. And by the way, can we give those who are watching online a hand of appreciation today? Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for showing up. So Grace Church HKY, Grace Church Hickory on Facebook, give us a like, uh, follow us, and then share those with all the people that you know, because that will help uh, people that are wanting to watch and don't know how or, or can't. So all righty, we're going we're gonna to talk about some heavy-duty stuff today. It's important. Mental wellness, mental health, mental illness uh, is prevalent in the world today, prevalent in America today, prevalent in the church world today. And I, I want you to know that we're not going to look down on people who are dealing with some of these issues. Talk through this together. We're going to try to help each other, and we're not going to we're not going to act like know-it-alls, okay? Because really, we don't know it all. We're just gonna we're gonna walk and talk and have this conversation together, and we're gonna we're gonna lean on each other, and we're not gonna say you should do this or you should act this way. We're gonna we're gonna say that we don't have to have this, but there might be some steps that we have to take to get through it and get through it together. Are are you with me? Does that make sense? Because it's a real it's a it's a real thing, and it's and it's it's uh, and it really hurts when you're walking through those things as as a person, as a family, maybe as a group, as a church. And there's a lot of trauma in the world, and so these are things that uh, maybe the generation before us we would hear things like, "Well, just get over it, you know, grow through it, be tough, be strong." And we're in generation now where because of social media. Uh, because of all the information that we can have at, at just a touch, 
that there's so much more knowledge, and knowledge is power, and knowledge puffs up, but knowledge also can destroy. We can know things that ultimately bring different forms of mental illnesses on us. Or maybe you grew up and you had some abuse or you had some situations in your life that just weren't healthy. They weren't good. Uh, We want to help together walk through these issues, talk through these issues, and maybe learn a few things this week and next week. And then we'll have Father's Day, and then we're going to go into a summer of Psalms. We did a a Hot Topics survey back in December, and so we're trying to go through some of those hot topics. Mental health was one of them, so that's what we're tackling. The Holy Spirit was one of them, that's what we're tackling. How to pray, so we're going to pray or or teach people how to pray through the book of Psalms, all right, uh, over the summer. So we're trying to tackle some of the hot topic issues that we saw come through because it's important. We want to we don't want a superficial, superficial, surface-only church. We want to grow in-depth in the Lord, amen? We want to grow deeper, and we want to care about each other. And so we're going to go to Philippians 4, and then I'm going to read you some statistics, and we'll, we'll just kind of continue to move on. Uh, four, uh, 6 and 7 says this, Do not be anxious about anything. Now remember, this is Paul speaking, and Paul was shipwrecked. He was abandoned. Uh, He was beaten 39 stripes several different times. He was betrayed by people that didn't like him. He was betrayed by people that did like him. He had to take care of, I think, seven different churches. I mean, he is a wreck. And yet he says, hey, do do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. All right, it's important that we understand we have the right, the power, and the opportunity to pray to God, okay? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is important because this is something that people deal with at an age of maybe 8, 10, all right, 12, and people deal with that maybe 50, 60, 70, 80. All right, so there's an evil presence in the world. It's not people, but it works through people sometimes. And this evil presence in the world, we have to continue to understand that the weapons of our wherefore are not carnal. To the pulling down of strongholds, we have to put on this armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, right? We need to uh, gird our loins with truth. We need to walk out the plan of salvation and share the gospel. We need to have a shield of faith and a sword of the Spirit. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Bible, the Word of God, isn't so that we can beat people up with it. It's so that we can free people with it. And the church has used it for way too many years to beat people up and say, you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that. We we look and feel like we're weaker people because we we deal with issues in our life and we can't share them with people because we're afraid that we're going to be weak and people are going to judge us. And we have to say, stop that. We have to free each other up. We have to walk through that freedom. Hey, if you have an issue, if you have an addiction, if you have a, 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 a deliverance thing, or if you're just walking through something that's really heavy that you have no idea what the emotions are, we need to walk through this thing together. And, and we need to be okay saying, listen, I don't know how you feel, but let's walk, let's, let's walk through this together, okay? Let me read you some really startling statistics. And I, I looked them up myself because not that I don't trust the news, uh, but they slant things the way they want, it seems like, to me, my opinion, all right? So I'm not trying to be political. Uh, I don't want political, I don't want politics behind the pulpit. Uh, I want to I be, I want to love everybody. But, and, and, not, and so all these statistics are from 2021. Uh, a mass shooting 
statistics that constitute four or more people uh, being either hurt or murdered in a random act of violence. That's, that's a mass shooting. In 2021, uh, 783 people died uh, due to mass shootings in America in 2021. That's about two people dying a day. Now, hear me, anybody dying is too many. All right. Now I'm not. I am not going to talk about gun control. I'm not going to talk about all the ways we. My listen. My solution is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. All right. That's who, that's my solution. That's my starting point. I'm not even looking at a local or civic or national leaders. I'm looking above them to Jesus. All right. God is in charge. He is in control. This does not make him nervous, all right? But Jesus also said, if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. So there's going to be some complications on some things of these statistics. That we, so two people in 2021, two people a day died because of mass shootings. Now, let me give you a couple other statistics that people don't talk about very often. 132 people died a day because of suicide in 2021. 132 people took their lives. And we have seen in the last six months uh, beauty pageant winners, uh, actors, and athletes take their life. People who seemingly had it all put together took their life as well. So nobody is obscure from this. Everybody has this, you know, we're, if we're not careful, the enemy comes in, right? But like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against that enemy. This is how we, so we have to be careful. That, that, that's suicide. In, in uh, 2021, 293 people died a day because of drug overdose. 108,000 people in America died last year because of drug overdose. Addiction is real, church. Addiction is real. And that doesn't count the people who are addicted to drugs. Pharmaceutical drugs, drugs over the counter, drugs under the counter, people that, you know, fentanyl laced, heroin, opioids, all those things. And then that, then maybe the worst statistic of all, and again, I'm not demeaning all, all of these things are bad. Just under 1,800 unborn babies die a day in 2021, aborted babies. And so we have. Unfortunate, and it is horrible. Anybody that dies because of a random act of violence, it's, it's horrible and sad. But there are also other issues of suicide, drug overdose, and aborted babies, unwanted pregnancies that we also have to be, we also have to consider as we walk through this mental wellness because there's a reason these things are taking place. And then they don't just stop there. There's consequences. If somebody takes their life, there's family members left behind. There's maybe a, a spouse left behind or there's children left behind or there's things of that nature. If, if someone overdoses on drugs, those things, there's other people that are left behind. There's always consequences to everything. So I want us, as we walk through this realm this mental wellness to realize the person sitting right next to you in church, uh, at the office, uh, in the car, on the ride home, they might be hurting. And we have to be able to, uh, one, be able to pray with them, two, be able to help them in confidence, and three, know they, let them know that there are people in their life that really do genuinely care. Even if we don't always know what to say or do, we at least need to be a sounding board. Amen? All right, so Grace Church, we need, to, we need to help the situation. We need to become problem solvers and, and, and not the problem. 
Okay, so Job, uh, well, let me, let's wait on the Job. Let me give you four people, and then we'll quote the Job. Four people in scriptures, at least. There's a lot, lot more, but that, that had mental, issue, mental illness or wellness issues. Uh, David, David had pride. Uh, David had family issues. David suffered from depression. You know, he was running from Saul, uh, by my account, for about 13 years, all right? Uh, think about that for a second. You're anointed king. And yet this guy's trying to kill you. And so they're like, am I anointed? Am I not anointed? Uh, Naomi, uh, she suffered the death of loved ones. Uh, so there was a great loss. And next week we're going to talk about loss. There was bitterness. There was loneliness. How is it when someone in your life dies? Some very important, you know, your husband, your two sons, they're dead. And all of a sudden you, got, you have this loss. People in our auditorium here today have, have suffered great loss. And they understand that. And so we have to, we have to know uh, that there's biblical figures that we can look at. Uh, Jonah suffered disappointment, failure, stubbornness. Uh, he was mad at God because God brought revivals like, God, you should have killed them all. And sometimes we want God to do something to bad people. Yeah, God wants to save them. Uh, think about that, okay? God just doesn't want to annihilate them from the earth. He sent Jesus to save them as well. So whatever constitutes bad versus good or evil versus good, we need to be careful because we, don't, we shouldn't want bad things to happen to bad people. We should want Jesus to happen to bad people. And the way Jesus happens to bad people is through Jesus' people. That's how that, that's how that looks. And then Job, he was, he was hopeless. He was helpless. He, he had lost. I mean, talk about losing everything. Job lost everything. There was anguish. I mean, he had boils, so he, he suffered everything. But then Job says this in uh, Job, the 22nd chapter in the 20th verse, you will decide on a matter, and it will be established for you, and light will shine on your ways. You will now he's talking to God, but God gives us the power to start saying, wait a second, let me decide on this matter. We're going to talk about not only maybe four, we're going to pick out four uh, what we would call mental illnesses or mental wellness issues. And then we're going, to, we're going to, at the end, we're going to talk about four or five things that maybe will help you walk through this. So if you need to take a snapshot of your phone, you need to write down some notes, go ahead and do this. We're not saying by any means we have the cure-all. We're not saying by any means we know everything. We're simply saying, let's start the conversation. And as we converse on this thing, let's learn from each other. Let's walk through this so that we can say, hey, you know, I, I was there. I was in that spot. And uh, here's, here's some of the things that, that I did or you did or, or we did uh, as Grace Church. We are a church for all people. That means we're going to take people who are hurting. We're going to help them with Jesus. If they already know Jesus, we're not going to say you should get over that. We're going to say, let's, let's, let's learn together on how to walk through that. Because there are some things that God wants us to walk through. Uh, I don't know why. I wish I could snap my fingers. And we would all be 100% healthy, look great, go out and run five miles today, and, and just feel all energized. But frankly, that's not the case. Uh, the Bible or the, the, the world ages us. Sin ages us. Life ages us. And uh, and at some point in time, Solomon says, we're like a vapor. We're here today, gone tomorrow. So let me give you four things that I see. Now, there's many, many more. Uh, and you may have something different than the four that I mentioned. But I'm going to tackle four today, and then we'll talk about loss next week. One is fear. Uh, fear is uh, prevalent in the world today. There are 33 million Americans uh, that suffer from some type of phobia 
or fear. And we're not talking, again, about a, a young person, a, a little kid who maybe is fear of the dark. So we put a nightlight on them or doesn't want to sleep by themselves or doesn't want to jump into the deep end of the pool. We're not talking about those type of fears. We're talking about someone who is just fears loneliness. Uh, they're adult, that they, they have a hard time uh, just with different fears in their life. Or maybe they, they were abused as a young person and they, and they fear that type, of, that type of figure in their life now. There, there's real fears out there. There's healthy fears too, by the way. We, you know, if you have a fear of heights and, and you don't, we don't want you climbing on the, the church steeple and, and, and washing it. All right? We, we don't want you uh, to climb on a roof if you have uh, balance issues in your life. We want, we want healthy fears. We want to teach young people not to play too close to the, to the road or to the, the parking lot. There's healthy fears too, but we're talking about fears that are crippling people. They're, they're debilitating them because they're, they're so fearful of what, and now the, the old Mark would say, well, just get over it. Grab some faith. Well, maybe, maybe I have a gift of faith and so I don't operate in fear, but I can't assume everybody has that, Right. We have to assume together that this is a real thing that we have to help and walk people through. I, I told one lady one time, you're a basket case. You need to get out of the basket. And Janie got so mad at me. What kind of counselor are you? I said, not a very good one. She said, you got that right. Don't ever say that again. I said, all right, I won't. Can I use it as an illustration? I don't think that's a wise thing for at least 20 years. Well, it's coming up about 20 years, so I think... I can use it now. We have to, if we can't understand each other, we at least have to learn from each other. The Bible says this about fear in 2 Timothy 1, 7, for God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Think about that. So we, we know that fear exists. We know that fear is real. But we also know that the word will free us from that if we, if we want to trust in God, all right? And again, it may not be gone today. It may be something that you have to quote the scripture every day. For God gave us a spirit of not of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind, all right, or, or self-control. We need to keep walking that out. You might have to say that every morning when you get up. You may have to say that every morning or every day at noon when you eat your lunch, at night before you go to bed. If you operate in a, a fear that maybe you know is more evil than it is just, hey, I'm, that's a healthy fear. I'm just using wisdom. But if it's a true fear that is cast upon you, you can walk that out. And then you start preaching joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength, right? So we start, start spreading joy around, start acting joyful, start becoming joyful. And all of a sudden that fear starts to diminish and faith. When we walk in faith, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so we put the, put the Bible on, on tape or on your phone, come to church, bring people with you uh, as often as you can and start to get God's word in you, start to grow in your faith. And all of a sudden that fear will start to diminish. Why? Because God loves you. And it, you know, we, we've learned that you can't be a good Christian and have fear. You can't be a good Christian and have doubt. It's like, it's like we're soldiers or warriors, and part of that's true, but there's, there's going to be some times in your life where fear tries to race up. I mean, I lost my job, or I, I, you know, I, I'm going through a divorce, or what am I going to do now? And all of a sudden, the fear tries to raise up. 
There, there's some things there that just address it. We'll talk about those things, but know this. If it raises up, then, then call a confidence. Say, you know, I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm, walking, through, I'm walking through some fear. I got, I got some fear in my life. I don't know why. All right, let's rebuke that in the name of Jesus together. Let's, let's go to the word of God. You know who cares about you more than anybody? Jesus does. God does. Let's speak life into each other. Can we do that, Grace Church? It's important that we look at each other and not with judgment eyes. We look at each other with grace-filled eyes that say, wait a second, you're hurting. I'm going to hurt with you. I'm, I'm going to, and even if I don't understand it, if you're walking through fear, I'm going to, like, I, you know, I want to slap the fear out of the, not the person. I want to slap the reason that they have fear. What, who did this to you? What happened? That's the protector in me. But sometimes, almost all the time, we just have to go to the Word of God and say, wait a second, we're going we're gonna to learn this together. Listen, this is not a self-help seminar. This is the Word of God revealing things to us that we can grow in on a daily basis. Amen? All right, so fear is, is certainly a mental wellness, illness that needs to be tackled. And again, 33 million Americans suffer from some type of phobia. So you know somebody... If you're not that somebody, you know somebody. If you are that somebody, I want to simply tell you this. Listen, it's okay. Let's, let's walk through it together. Let, let's pray for each other. Let's, let's watch each other be healed. And, and I want you to know that you're not a lesser believer because you might have some issues in your life where you're afraid. That doesn't make you a lesser then. It actually makes you a better then because in your weakness, Christ is made strong. And if you're weak in an area, you give it over to the Lord. He's going to grow you in that, okay? Number two, the second thing is depression. 28% of all uh, adults suffer from depression. It's about 60 to 70 million people have some form of depression. Now, there's clinical depression. There's depression that, like people, I don't understand, I can get over it. And there's temporary depression. Let's mention, let's mention the temporary depression for just a second. Maybe you suffered a loss in your family. And it's a, it's a grieving loss. And you just feel like, I'm kind of depressed. I, I can't get over it. Or you lost a job or you lost a, a goal, something that's been great in your life. And like, I, re I really wanted that. And I don't know why. And you suffer, uh, you suffer from a, a depression. All right. That's a seasonal that, that you're growing in. You're, you're going to get out of it. If it's like a clinical depression and you have this depression all the time. You can't get out of bed. You can't get up. You're non-functional. All right. I'm not a, I'm not a doctor and I'm not saying what to do, but I'm going to say medicine's not always the help, especially if you're on it long, long, long term. Okay. It makes a zombie out of you and it does things. Now, again, if, it's, if it's, you, know, you have a doctor, you have a, you have a medical expert in your life, don't do it, what I say. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that there's other means as well, and his name is Jesus, that if we start to at least walk through the, in fact, the word says this in the Psalms 34 and 17, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from their troubles. The righteous, listen, if you are in Christ, if you're a follower of Jesus, then Jehovah Sid Canoe, the Lord our righteous, he covers you, all right? He's covering you right now. And so you are considered the righteous. We're not righteous by our actions. We're, we're righteous by receiving Christ into our life. So if you cry out, I, I know I, I shared in the early service at the other campus when Jenny and I first moved here, 
Uh, our first year was both good and bad. You know, it was good because we were meeting a lot of really cool people, a lot of great things happening, and uh, then bad, a lot of people were leaving. They didn't like uh, Mark and Janie, and uh, we, how could you not like us? Like, we were, we, we actually kind of got to, now that, you're supposed to stand and say, oh, Pastor, we love you. Don't now, it's too late. Do not do it now, it's too late. No, uh, well, and so we were like, we, were, we fell into depression. And it was June, I remember it was like June, and Jenny's like, I'm going back. I don't care if you're coming or not, I'm, I'm out of here. And we had a serious discussion, and uh, we cried, and we mourned, and probably 30 days, we were like fighting depression and still trying to do church services and not let anybody know it and trying to do the right thing. But we were like, I think we were clinical at the time. It was like heavy-duty depression. And so I know what you're feeling. I, I know, I know, but let me read it one more time. The righteous shall cry out, and the Lord will hear, the Lord hears them and delivers them out of their troubles. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them and delivers them out of their troubles. And you know what we decided to do? Lord, we're going to cry out. We are going to cry out. And I don't want to say we didn't care about people, but we cared more about God. And we cared about God hearing our prayers. And by crying out and people probably needing to leave, God brought the right people around us. And God, and God brought you in. And God keeps bringing people in. And so I know depression is real. And I know sometimes depression can be temporary because of a loss of a loved one. Now, someone said, well, you should only mourn for 30 days. Well, the Bible does say a 30-day mourn, but some people will mourn for a year. Some people will mourn for a lifetime because that void is always left in their life. But maybe they're not going to be depressed. Maybe they grow from it or they learn from it. But if you're suffering from depression, I can tell you this with, with perfect knowledge. If you cry out, the Lord will hear you. He will hear you because it's his word. Not from my experience, but although I did experience it, we were heavy, de heavily depressed. Like, what did we do? We left all of our friends and family. We moved 1,200 miles away. And I, we, like, dear God, I, we've, we've messed up. I, did I, I didn't want to mess up my, my kids that moved here with us. I didn't want to mess up our daughter who, who stayed behind. I didn't want to mess up my wife. And I, we were, I was a wreck. But God is faithful. God is faithful. He, he, he loves you. And if you cry out, no, Pastor, I had a bad week. I did this and that. No, you're, you're righteous because you're not righteous by your good works. Your good works are as filthy rags before the Lord. You're righteous because Jesus accepted you as Lord and Savior, and you accepted him. That makes you righteous. And, and please don't get proud and haughty about it because nothing that you did made you righteous <laughs> except accepting Jesus. Amen? So depression's real. 28%. And listen, depression is more real in men than it is women. For every one woman that's depressed, five men are depressed. We just hide it a little bit better because we, we think we're, we're weak if we, if we show these emotions. It's a trick of the enemy, by the way. If you have an issue in your life, please find a prayer partner. Come see one of our team members. Come see a, 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 someone in our church on our prayer team. Let us, let us pray with you. Let us walk this road together. Number three, anxiety. Anxiety is another one that's really real. Over 30%, 90 million people suffer from anxiety. Over 90 million people suffer from anxiety. I uh, was young. Janie and I got married at an early age. 
We started having kids fairly early. And uh, uh, when the newspaper says this is the worst economy in the last 40 years, we were living that 40 years ago, okay? We understood uh, what it was like to not have a job. Uh, we understood what it was like to have kids. We understood what it was. And I would break out in hives. Like on Fridays, when the paycheck wasn't enough to pay the bills and get us by the next week, I would lay on the sofa, and I would have these wilt welts all over my body. And Jenny can testify to it. And, and so I understand anxiety. I really do. I understand what it's like to have anxious moments. And I'm not talking about the anxious moment where I lost my car keys. That's not really anxiety. That's an anxious moment, and hang them on the rack or keep them in your pocket. But, uh, you know, sometimes you'll lose the car. That's not anxiety. Anxiety is, I don't, it's almost like panic, all right? It, there's a panic that takes place, and I don't know how I'm going to get through this and what's going to happen. And I would have these welts. And then the scripture I, I learned, uh, what we read earlier, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. I'll read it one more time. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So what does that mean? It means that when I was going through that, I need to increase my faith. I needed to do my part. I need to go get a job, or in my case, I got a second job. Jenny was home busy with the kids. We were young, young and dumb, didn't know a lot better. And we were, we were just trying to do what's right, taking our kids to church, doing, doing things, and I got another job. And, and, and I realized that in, in part, by staying busy, I wasn't breaking out in hives. By getting another job, I was, I was able to pay the bills. And, and we were probably a young family that's struggling. And honestly, the chances of survival in our marriage were not very good because we were like young. And we were having kids, and the economy was bad. Forty years ago, we had been married for two years. And so I understand anxiousness and anxiety, but I also understand a delivering father. I understand a God who's made a way out. First Corinthians 13, uh, 13 and 10 said there's no test or temptation that will come upon you where God's not already made a way out. And so if anxiety comes upon you, and that is a test or a temptation, an illness or a sickness, if depression comes on you, and that's a test or a temptation, an illness or a sickness, God has made a way out. And more times than not, his way out is the word of God. I'm going to find the word of God. I'm going to apply the word of God to my life. And, you know, I stopped having anxiety. I stopped getting the hives. I stopped. All those things changed. It didn't happen all at once. It was slowly but surely I learned to cast my faith and my trust on the Lord. And if I f have faith in him and trust him, Jesus tells us in Matthew that we shouldn't even worry about tomorrow. We should plan. We should plan for tomorrow. Don't go spend everything today. Don't spend your, your, all your life savings. Don't spend all your kids' inheritance. Say, well, I'm not going to plan for tomorrow. Don't do that. But don't worry about tomorrow either. Tomorrow will take care of itself. And if you plan for today, you give God glory today. Today was a beautiful morning. I stood on our back patio, uh, and I had an energy drink, and I, just, I was just thanking God for the, the beautiful morning, heard some birds singing, and you know what? I'm not anxious for anything. But that's years. And I, and I want to tell, I want to share that with you. Just don't be anxious, all right? And again, easier said than done. But you don't have to be. Just take those steps. 
quote some scripture. Find a couple anger verses. Number four, this is one, too, that's a little different. Perfectionism, all right? Um, Ninety million Americans suffer from perfectionism. I'm a little bit OCD that can be confused with perfectionists. Um, my OCD is, 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 is self-concerning. So, in other words, my desk has to be uh, nice and tight and in order. My closet has to be nice and tight and in order. Uh, Janie's is right now. There's been times in the past where her closet hasn't looked quite. This is why we don't share closets. Her closet doesn't look quite as nice and tight as mine. That would just fry my brain. Her desk uh, may be in perfect shape. Sometimes it's not but she knows where everything is. That doesn't bother me. It only bothers me if it involves me, okay? But perfectionism in America is, is rampant. Uh, we, we have learned uh, to teach our kids they have to be the best. They have to get the scholarship. They have to get the award. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm sad to say we probably were a little bit like that as parents ourselves. We wanted the best for our kids, so we tried to make them the best. But I would say change the perfectionism to excellence. Just be the best you can be, okay? Do the best you can do. Uh, and and that, that, that will help uh, uh, tremendously. I think uh, Galatians 1.10 says this, am I trying to win the approval of men or God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. And so rather than try, especially in many of your occupations, especially mine, where some people will say this, other people will say this, I don't like this, well, I hate that, and you're trying to please everybody, it's so much easier just to please Jesus. Just please God. And, but know you're pleasing God. Don't try to manipulate God. Just try to please God. And then perfectionism starts to go away, all right? Uh, a lot of gifted people, they say 80% of gifted people. Now, I will say this. I've never been accused of being gifted, all right? There's gift. I have members of my family that are really gifted, like extremely. This is not self-deprecation. This is just the truth. They are extremely gifted, okay? I'm not, I'm not one of those. But in the gifted community, 80% of those people are perfectionists. Now, generally speaking, not always, but perfectionism is pride-based. Well, I got to be better. I got to do my best. Or it's training-based. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to. It's almost militant. No, just do the best you can do. And if whatever you do, don't do it for man's eye. Do it for God's pleasure. Do it so that you glorify God. Amen. All right. Let me give you a couple ways now to get out of these things. Uh, these are, I've read several articles over the last three weeks couple books, several podcasts, and then these are things that, uh, that, that I've drawn away from uh, to, to be able to help you uh, if you suffer from any of those or something that maybe I haven't mentioned. We'll go through them fairly quickly. One, healthy distractions are important. It's okay. It's, it's good. Uh, during COVID, I, I, I started reading again. So I read, I read a book a week. Uh, during COVID, uh, the first year I read 56 books. And then the next year, I took a couple classes from the University of Michigan and the University of Northwestern. So it occupied my time. This year, I'm back to reading about three books a month. So not quite a book a week. But I like to read. I like for information. I like for leisure. But it helps me. It distracts me. I also picked up running. I, I don't like to run, but I like the idea of what running does 
does for me. It disciplines my mind. It helps me understand. It, get, it gives me encouragement. And so, uh, and Hickory has a strong running community, by the way. So I don't, I'm not fast. I'm not good. I'm a plotter, but I go out and try to do my best. But healthy distractions are good. Maybe you're a car nut and you like to work on a car or, or uh, race a car legally, or maybe you like to wash your car, detail cars, or all those healthy distractions are good. Maybe you want to go on a retreat or you want to go just to get away with your uh, spouse or a loved one, uh, kids, family vacation. Those things, those are good. Those are healthy distractions and they're important. Number two, outside success does not lead to inside happiness. It's not the new house. It's not the new car. All right? It's not, it's not the new job. It's not those new things, although sometimes those are very good. It's not bad uh, that you get a new house. It's not bad you get a new car. It's not bad that you get a new job or new things. Just don't rely on them for your happiness. All right? Happiness, blessed is he. The word blessed means happy. Happy is he who, and then Jesus would say something like mourns or makes peace or the, some, some type of really suffering through the beatitude, then, then they're happy. And so we go back to that word joy again, where the joy of the Lord is my strength. I need to, I need to look at Jesus Christ to be happy. And we look at back, I've been reading a lot about different great men uh, that have served over, over the, the centuries. Francis of Assisi being one of them, uh, walked away from wealth. Nicholas walked away from wealth just to be humble servants of God. And these were great, great, great men. Uh, you know, the old thing uh, of a U-Haul not following the hearse, you're not going to take it with you, uh, but it's certainly not going to make you, it may temporarily make you happy down here, but after that, it doesn't. And even success, we, we saw uh, last year, three of the richest men in the world get a divorce. So it wasn't money that made them, their marriage happy or work out. It's just sometimes we're searching for happiness. And I would say, why not search Jesus first, right? If we can search Jesus, uh, trust the Lord with all your heart, lean not upon your understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him and what? He will direct your path. So pray, pray first. We saw a billboard uh, growing up in the city we grew up in, said really big, pray first. What a great billboard, pray first. Let's pray about it. And, then, and let's not pass it off. Oh, I prayed about it. No, let's really pray about it. Ask God for direction. He'll make you happy right where you're at, right in your current situation. Number three, vulnerability is a plus. James, uh, James says that if we confess our faults, if we're vulnerable one to another, we'll be healed. We'll pray for each other and we can be healed. Especially men, but I'm, I'm going to guess maybe some women too, but especially men, we don't like to tell each other our faults. We don't, we don't like to confess. And faults aren't always sin. Faults could just be a, man, I'm suffering from anxiety. I've got some fear in my life. I'm a little bit depressed. I, I've got some issues in my life. Would you, would you, would you pray with me? Would, would you help me? That's confessing our faults one with another. That's being vulnerable. Now, uh, Grace Church, in, in the past, uh, some churches, uh, if you were vulnerable, uh, all of a sudden you made it to the hotline. Sister Betty Sue was calling Sister Joanne too, and they were telling them, each other, about your issues. Grace Church, can we not be that way? Can we just make sure we're praying about people, uh, to people, not, not sharing somebody what somebody's come to you in confidence in? Well, let, let's pray with them and then just leave it at the door and, and move on, okay? Uh, but be vulnerable. And men, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to be, it's okay to be you, um, 
We're, we're, we're going to ask you not to stand up in the middle of service and blat all the things that you did this week. But we're okay if you say, man, I'm at the altar or after service. Uh, would you pray with me? I, I got these things in my life that I just need to deal with. Good for you. Well, let's attack them together and let's walk through this thing. Uh, number four, be real over be right. This is a tough one for people because we, we live in a culture where we have to be right. We see this on both political sides where we, we've, we've turned uh, mass murders into now political agenda uh, and where we have to grieve and mourn people. Uh, that's the first and foremost. And then, yeah, we need to figure out what's going on. But while that's happening, 138 people are, are committing suicide and 239 people are overdosing and 1,798 unborn babies are dying. So we've we got to be careful that we're not always right. We have to be real. And being real is, is being authentic. And when you're real with someone, it isn't like hard truth, knock them down. It's simply saying, you know, I, I'm not sure what you're going through. I don't really know, but I'm going to be here for you. I'm going I'm to pray with you. I'm going to be real. It's not a side type thing. Being real is not taking sides. Being real, and that will mess people up if you're not on their side. Well, you're not, what do you mean you're not on my side? I'm, not on, I'm on Jesus' side. Uh, Jesus died for everybody, so I'm going to start there. And then, and then we become real. And then last but not least, as the worship team starts to come back, um, label it. Label it so you can attack it. Call it what it is. Oh, you know, I'm kind of suffering from uh, ang anxiety. I'm just, I'm anxious. All right, let's call it what it is so we can, so we can pray. So we can use some of those scriptures that I, that I, that I gave you up there so we can talk about some things. If, if we can label it and we can attack it, then we can, we can then, then God can solve it, right? And if God can solve it, then, then it's, it's, a, it's a victory. I asked the worship team to, uh, and, and Andrew specifically, to, to, to sing what I call Psalm 40. Uh, U2's version, Bono, he just calls it 40. Uh, I call it Psalm 40 because it is, is really Psalms 40. Um, and David's going through some issues, and maybe he's fighting that depression. Maybe he's fighting anxiety. And so I want to read Psalm 40 for a second so you can kind of see. And then they're going to sing it. And I'm gonna, we're going to open the altars. I'm going to invite you uh, to join me at the altar, just to come up here and kneel and find a place and, uh, and ask God uh, to, to help us through some of those issues in our life. And if it's not even for you, uh, then maybe pray. You, you can come to the altar and pray for somebody else. But David said, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and he heard my cry. So David, David sounds like he's, he's got... Like, he had to wait a little while. Like, it didn't happen overnight. And your issues of fear, depression, anxiety, perfectionism, they might not go away tomorrow, but today might start the process. Uh, he drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog or clay uh, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps uh, secure. Now, think about that for a moment. So now, because I'm going to come up here to the altar, I'm going to pray. In fact, stand with me, if you will, right where you're at. Uh, just it, when I come up here, because uh, I'm assuming there's going to be a lot. Hopefully there's a lot of you that come up here. If you're watching online, maybe just make an altar at your chair or, or your, your, your desk or wherever you watch this. And, and, and you're going to come up here in a minute. You're making a statement that says, all right, I was down or I am down, but now the Lord's going to pick me up. 
He's going he's gonna to put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. So what David is saying, what happened to David is I was depressed. I had anxiety. There was fear in my life. I made a step out. I went to an altar. In our case, I'm coming to the altar. And all of a sudden, God set my feet strong. And not only that, others came to know Christ because of your condition. That's, that's beautiful. It's, it's, I can't even imagine. And so due to Bono's things, what he calls 40, and it's the first couple of verses of this song, and I've asked Drew to sing it, and he sings it just like Bono, maybe a little bit better. Because at the end of the song, it says, how long, how long, how long? And we think in our life, how long will I suffer from depression? How long will I be anxious? How long will this fear control me? But the meaning of the song is, it's a breakthrough. How long will I sing this song? How long will Lord, how long will I sing this new song? Because right now I'm in heaven. Right now everything's the same, but like I'm changed. I'm, I'm a new person. There's no more anxiety. There's no more depression. There's no more fear. There's no more perfectionism. Everything's for God's glory and honor and praise. And so I implore you this morning, if you would come forward and find a place at the altar and say, when you stand in just a moment, you can too say, how long? Lord, how long? Not how long will this last because I've left a prayer of the elder, how long can I sing a new song? I'm going to pray, and I ask as many as you will that come and find a place to pray, because even if you're not depressed, the person next to you might be. Even if you don't walk in fear, the person next to you might. Even if you don't have anxiety, the person right behind you may have it. So just raise your hands towards heaven if you're comfortable doing so. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak against fear, anxiety, depression, perfectionism, and everything else that goes on with people that are trying to attach themselves to them. We pray, Lord, you break our people free. Father, Lord, as they submit themselves to you, as they trust in you, as they have faith in you, Father, would you, would you put a new song in their heart, in their life? Father, Lord, today we ask in Jesus' name. The altars are open. I ask you to come and pray. Find a place. Let's agree together. God bless you.
prefer your version. So good. So many of us are going to be thinking about that today. Like, how long am I going to be stuck in this situation? How long am I going to be in this storm that I'm in? And uh, Jesus talks about a storm. We read about it in the Bible. They were going across the lake. And a storm came, and all the disciples were really nervous. They were anxious. They were worried. And they had a reason to be worried, because in the natural, uh, it was a scary situation, right? They thought they were going to drown. Uh, in the song that Emily and the team sang earlier, Jesus woke up. He was never worried. He was never stressed. He was never scared. And it doesn't matter how big or how scary the situation is in your life. And you might be facing a really big, really scary, really difficult situation. But it doesn't matter how big that is, Jesus is not worried. He is not scared. But the disciples got his attention and he said, peace be still. And the storm calmed. Amen? And so in this situation in your life, the storm, you might be surrounded by a storm. Or maybe the storm is happening in your mind. But either way, whether it's internal or external, Jesus has the same peace for you. The Bible even says it in John 14, peace is what I leave with you. It is my own peace that I give you. I do not give it as the world does. Do not be worried and upset. Do not be afraid. So Jesus has peace for you today. I just wanna close in prayer and I wanna encourage you to receive the peace that only Jesus can give. It doesn't matter if there's a storm outside, you can still have peace. It doesn't matter if there's a storm inside right now, you can receive that peace and you can share that peace with others. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for sending your son for us so that in Christ, we can have freedom. We can have victory because of the cross of Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, because you endured the pain and the suffering and the anxiety, because you took all of that on the cross, we don't have to. We can be set free. We can be healed physically, spiritually, and even mentally, God. You will touch our minds today. And so for anyone here today that's dealing with anxiety or fear, depression, perfectionism, to anyone that's dealing with um, disorders, eating disorders, uh, addictions, or any type of uh, problem in their mind, Lord, today I declare the mind of Christ over that person. Lord, because we have been united with you in baptism and in death, we have been united with you in the resurrection. Lord, just in the same way that through baptism we came up out of the water, it represents that we have a new life. Lord, and we know that we also have a new mind. So today we walk out of here with the mind of Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. We declare over each person here today that the old things have gone and the new things have come. Lord, that those that are dealing with these situations, I declare that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. God, when man says it can't be done, God says you can, it can be done. So, Lord, I pray for those that are struggling with addiction, be free in Jesus' name. Those that are struggling with depression, I pray for hope and joy in Jesus' name. For the one that's struggling with anxiety, I bind every spirit of anxiety and I loosen the spirit of peace. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding. That it doesn't seem normal to have this kind of peace in this kind of situation. 
God, but you've given us the mind of Christ. You have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. So we take on this, we put off the old man and we take on the new man today. Lord, and I pray a supernatural uh, health and wellness over each person here today. I pray that you guard our minds with the helmet of salvation as we put on the rest of the armor of God. And I ask that you do this in the mighty name of Jesus, only by your power and your strength it can be done. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Thank you so much for being here today. We'll see you on Wednesday night right here at 7 p.m. for our special prayer service. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.